From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Debate was held again today on a bill that would deal with vaccine mandates in Ohio. Tino Ramos reports. It's known as the Vaccine Fairness Act. It's a bill that gives employees options to opt out and still protect their jobs. This brought out strong opposition this past week when doctors faced lawmakers to say this bill would only harm the ability to stop the spread of COVID and put other employees in danger. Today, the bill goes before the Rules and Regulations Committee to have further review after the House wasn't able to bring it to a vote. Some Republicans were hoping to fast-track this bill, but recently it faced a slew of opposition. In downtown Columbus, Tino Ramos. State health officials say Ohio's new COVID-19 case numbers seem to be on the way down. Andrew Kinsey has the details. The Department of Health reported more than 4,400 new cases, more than 300 new hospitalizations, and the state's positivity rate now at 11.5%. And looking at our vaccine numbers, here they are. More than 63% of all eligible Ohioans, more than 65% of adults, and nearly 85% of people 65 and older have gotten at least one shot. I'm Andrew Kinsey. A new piece of legislation introduced in the central Ohio city of London would outlaw abortion within city limits. Richard Solomon has more. For council member Anthony Smith, who's sponsoring the ordinance, it would make the city a so-called sanctuary city for the unborn. Cities are adopting the legislation. It's getting more teeth. London isn't the only city in Ohio considering a move like this. At the state level, Senate Bill 123 is on the table as well. If the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the bill would trigger a ban on abortion statewide. In London, Richard Solomon. A former Ohio State linebacker who was an assistant coach for Elyria High School's football team has died in a fire at the age of 27. More from Marissa Sines. Devon Bogard was a star wide receiver and safety at Glenville High School, thrusting him into a shining football career at The Ohio State University before a knee injury ended his playing career. School officials saying today, quote, Devon was a valued member of the coaching staff. He held a pivotal role on the team and in the development of the players as students and athletes. His life taken abruptly overnight when he was caught inside his apartment during a fire. Reporting in Elyria, Marissa Signs. In southeast Ohio, Nelsonville has successfully challenged the results of the 2020 census and managed to retain its status as a city. Dave James has more. The census found that Nelsonville had lost 780 people since 2010 and had about 4,600 residents. In Ohio, a town with less than 5,000 is considered a village instead of a city. So city council used a 1953 state law to conduct a recount. Five enumerators and volunteers canvassed the town to count heads. Yesterday, Ohio's Secretary of State certified Nelsonville has 5,373 residents and is indeed a city. Dave James, in News. City leaders in Columbus spoke publicly for the first time yesterday about a Columbus firefighter and two Columbus police officers who were recently arrested on drug trafficking-related charges. Yolanda Harris has more. Columbus Police Chief Elaine Bryant says there was an internal audit already underway before narcotics officers Marco Marino and John Kochkowski were arrested by the FBI on drug trafficking charges. Public Safety Director Robert Clark, who started just a few weeks ago, says the biggest challenge for the fire and police departments right now is trust. 
It's about building that trust or reestablishing that trust, that communication, that transparency, and literally bringing full integrity back to policing here in Columbus. I'm Yolanda Harris. Police in Toledo are in line for a pay raise and bonuses, Emma Henderson reports. The contract was negotiated between the city and the Toledo Police Patrolmen's Association. It allows for a 4% pay raise each year for the next three years. And there are also two bonuses included in the contract for those currently serving. A one-time $2,500 payment for officers who worked while the contract was being negotiated and a one-time $3,500 bonus for officers who served during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic as a thank you and to keep officers around. Emma Henderson, downtown Toledo. With six games down and six to go, the Ohio State Buckeyes have a bye week this week. Dave Holmes says the team is putting the extra time to good use. A chance to rest up, get healthy, but still keep practicing and getting better. Clearly, Ohio State has been improving each and every week, and that needs to keep happening as this team gets ready for the hardest games yet to come, including Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. The most important thing is, is you know, certainly a, a clean plan, but practicing well and executing at a high level during the week so that when you get to the game, you, know, you put it back on the field. You can't just show up on Saturday and expect that to happen. So, you know, if we want to continue to build, we have to continue to practice better. At Ohio Stadium, I'm Dave Holmes. Millions of retirees on Social Security will get a 5.9% boost in benefits for next year. Dave James explains. The biggest cost of living adjustment in 39 years follows a burst in inflation as the economy struggles to shake off the drag of the coronavirus pandemic. The increase amounts to $92 a month for the average retired worker, according to estimates released today by the Social Security Administration. The increase affects household budgets for about one in five Americans and nearly 70 million people, including Social Security recipients, disabled veterans, and federal retirees. Dave James, I went in news. And the U.S. is taking the first steps to ease travel restrictions for fully vaccinated travelers. Karina Nova takes a detailed look at when the new policy takes effect. Right now, U.S. travelers can visit Canada and Mexico with guidelines for vaccination status and negative COVID tests. But in about a month, visitors from those countries who are fully vaccinated will be able to come into the U.S. through land borders. The ban has been in place for about a year and a half and has taken a toll on families and, of course, the economy in some of those border towns. The plan will be rolled out in phases with phase one allowing fully vaccinated visitors traveling for non-essential reasons like visiting friends and family. The second phase starting in early of January 2022 will apply the vaccination requirement to all inbound foreign travelers whether traveling for essential or non-essential reasons. Unvaccinated travelers will still be prohibited from coming to the U.S. for non-essential travel using the land border. And some people are wondering if the requirements will be similar of that for air travel. Well, according to officials, travelers entering the U.S. by vehicle, rail, and ferry will be asked about their vaccination status as part of the standard U.S. Customs and Border Protection admissions process that they do right now. I'm Karina Nova. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.